Hey everybody, welcome to Joyce Eclectic, where we talk about the good, the bad, and the interesting in all sorts of music. Let's get to it. Good times. Uh, fun times. Hey, if you're listening to this, that's awesome, and you should subscribe, and uh, you can listen to it every single week. But uh, besides that- Every single that, week? Every single week. Whoa. Otherwise, single... you're not allowed to listen to it every single week. You oh, have no. to subscribe if you want to listen every week, <laughs> or we will find you and tell you no. Oh, wow. wow. We're yeah. uh, we're fierce. Mm-hmm. So, subscribe. Um, but yeah, so that that's fun. And uh, I, maybe it'll be even every single uh, single week in the single future. Week? Whoa. Yeah, which is even more. Uh, but in the meantime, how's it going, guys? This is Parker, by the way, for anybody who's listening. And uh, what have you guys been listening to this week? Matt, what you got? What you been listening to? Yeah. Hey, guys. Uh, I got a good one this week. Got a good one? So, the band all those that bad I, uh, ones that you always Yeah, <laughs> I know. Normally, I bring really bad ones. And I'm sorry for that. You know, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to leave. No. <laughs> yeah, I got a good one this week. Nice. Uh, so, this is a band that, for the longest time, and I, I'm totally kicking myself for just not listening to this band but so the the reason that I didn't even give them a chance like 3 years ago is because somebody who shall remain unnamed uh for his or her own like uh <laughs> safety <laughs> someone told me that this band was a lot like Mumford and Sons and that I would mm. really like them because they're a lot like Mumford and Sons mm. and I of course I yeah. immediately said, eh, not interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pork, 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 pork. So I said I wasn't interested. Yep. And I, I didn't tell him that, but, or her. I didn't tell him or her that, but <laughs> I just didn't, I, I just didn't really pay attention to the band. And uh, then uh, more recently, a buddy of mine um, was telling me about them and I checked them out and I really liked two or three of their songs. And I was like, that's really a lot different. That doesn't sound anything like Mumford and Sons. Um, and then, uh, he told me that he bought tickets to go see them. Uh, and I was like, shoot. Okay. So then I really paid attention to him and I absolutely fell in love with the punch. Death Brothers. metal. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I was really curious where hey, you were going to go with I this. I love but... punch brothers. Yeah, Sorry. Punch I brothers are great. you, which I meant to <laughs> so, do, but I didn't mean to cover <laughs> up you saying punch brothers. Goodness gracious. They are so good. All yeah. aboard the late train, right? <laughs> <laughs> Choo-choo. Chris Thiele in general though. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I like I said, I am kicking myself for not paying attention to this <laughs> yeah. band earlier because I listened to uh, the Phosphorescent Blues. It's on again. You hate it, but you know it then. You know it, and so do your friends. My gosh, like that album is just—it just goes places that I did not expect it to go at all. And here's the kicker: these guys are a bluegrass band. I mean, like, 100%. like for, well, for a band that's using, well, yeah. I mean, like, 100%. Like, I think Wikipedia calls it progressive bluegrass, which I love. Like, they're by yeah. far well, to be the fair, only progressive well, bluegrass. I don't know. To be yeah. fair, like, bluegrass in and of itself is kind of like metal, but with acoustic yeah. instruments. No, yeah. no, for sure. I think progressive only in the sense that it's not like most have it. Most bluegrass is like it's all really fast, but yeah. they do more like interesting stuff where it combines with classical things. Well, that's blah, the thing blah, blah. is like yeah, yeah. that's what I thought. Yeah. Like when you know back in the 
day, I was, I was like, okay, yeah, they're a bluegrass band and whatever. They have like mandolins and banjos, but uh, I mean, like, and yeah. bluegrass is one of those genres to me that's like, whenever I hear it, I'm like, that's cool. I should listen to more of that, yeah. but I never ever do yeah. because it's bluegrass, and I feel like it's kind of one of those genres that just gets stale very fast. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it like like country in a lot of ways. Like, yeah, but there's so little of it. Like, there's so little variety. These guys are not that at all. No. I mean, like, I listened to that <laughs> opening track. Off uh, Foster Some Blues. Familiarity. Uh, familiarity. And oh my gosh, it's a 10 minute sprawling like oasis of a song that just goes. It just goes in every different direction that you could possibly imagine. And it's bluegrass. Like it's it's all acoustic (laughs) instruments. And I'm just so blown away by that. And Chris Thielen on that mandolin, man. Like that's just, that's. Did you ever listen to Nickel Creek back in the day? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have listened to Nickel Creek. Did you know that it was the same? um, Did not know that. Okay. Cool. Because that was, yeah, I didn't listen to Punch Brothers. Uh, My friend Ryan Kenny recommended them to me back when I first came to MTSU and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, He was saying something and was like, yeah, Punch Brothers, blah, 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 really good. And yeah, I did not pay attention to it at all until (laughs) I think that was 2010. And I think 2014 was when I first actually listen to them mm-hmm. and at that point or maybe 2015 because it was the phosphorescent blues and yeah that album and who's feeling younger now like anti-fogmatic mm-hmm. is also is good but it's not my favorite album but yeah who's feeling younger now um punch and phosphorescent blues i don't know if you listen much now, to punch, punch was their first right yeah it okay. was their first i haven't gotten to that one yet so the first four pieces in that one are after it was nickel creek broke up i think in around 20 2007 or so mm-hmm. um, or 2006 why should the fire die came out in 2006 and they broke up sometime after that <laughs> and um, he wrote he got divorced and wrote these four pieces which are uh, um, four movements oh, of yeah, like yeah. and they're each 10 minutes long and just beautiful and they're all about his divorce but Ooh. very poetically and stuff yeah. and they tie together so nicely and it's like I mean, it's like 45 minutes of the album is just four pieces, yeah. and it's, but it's so, it's really, really good. Yeah, yeah that'll Chris, be my next venture yep, then. 100%. Chris Thiele is like a weird mix of, of classical and like backwoods music because it's like, <laughs> it's bluegrass. It's very mm-hmm. Southern backwoods kind mm-hmm. of styled music, but he does bring a very like classical sensibility to a lot of what yep. he does. And you see that in the Go Rodeo sessions oh, and a lot yeah. of other kind of stuff where he plays with people who are very classically minded like Yo-Yo Ma and, and all these great string players. It's interesting because uh, apparently like Nickel Creek got away easily with playing in bluegrass con- in venues because they would, they're just a little bit different than regular bluegrass because mm-hmm. they are different, but more kind of within the regular, you know, framework there. Um, but I heard in some interview that Chris Teeley was like, honestly, like we can't play in classical venues because everybody's like, you got a banjo, right. what are you doing <laughs> yeah. in here? But also a lot of their stuff can't really be played in this live outdoor acoustic sure, yeah, kind yeah, yeah. of <laughs> setting. Cause I mean like the beginning of familiarity, for example, you know, it's mm-hmm. just like, so like peaceful kind of, mm-hmm. yeah, it's crazy. They're really yeah, good. But honestly, I don't know. I, this, this is one of those bands that's probably gonna like i'm gonna become obsessed with yeah. like there, there are a few bands <laughs> okay. out there like when i discover them like that's all i listen to for the next couple of months so next week i might come back with like another punch brothers record. are you seeing them live then yeah yeah i'm going to see them live i think it's next month nice. june like 21st cool. or something but they're coming to the ryman which nice. ought to be a is, fantastic yeah. show perfect so, yeah, yeah i have a friend that saw them in the ryman an excellent yeah. place to go see them yep. yeah for sure <laughs> chad what you got 
So, I have another instrumental band this week, because um, that's just nice. kind of what I do in my <laughs> life. Um, so, where, whereas Color Therapy was a very like rhythmic, kind of groovy instrumental thing, this is kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum of like post-rock instrumental stuff. Uh, it's a band called Lowercase Noises. artist rather than a band um but he does mostly just kind of this big sweepy uh soundscapey kind of music um very akin to bands like hammock um the the spacier side of explosions in the sky or like this will destroy you uh, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff like not really a lot of rhythmic elements a lot of his songs just don't even have a drum track or anything like he just doesn't have any sort of rhythmic anything it's just big strings and swells and maybe some guitar and and it's just usually very pretty it is again kind of good like background music or if you just want to feel emotional for a little while (laughs) um his album the swiss illness uh, i got super into a few months ago and again i just keep listening to it over and over and over particularly he has a song called the last stage of consumption that has this uh, kind of ascending piano riff that takes about two bars to do and then it'll pause for two bars hmm and then it'll hmm. do this two-bar ascending piano riff again, and it just kind of loops that over and over again, mm-hmm. and the chord progression and the strings and all this instrumentation builds up over on top of it, and it just becomes this huge emotional thing that is just really powerful, and I, I every time I hear it, I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> this makes me so warm and fuzzy and happy, and, and I don't know, it's just, it's a really cool thing. He's kind of an interesting artist. If you look at his stuff on Spotify, like, you'll notice three EP slash album kind of things that will stand out are three albums that he made for his kids. Before each one was born, he took a picture of his wife's pregnant belly with the name written on it and he made an album for that. And so, yeah, right in the feels. (laughs) It's all super good. It's all super just kind of spacey and and just, again, very emotional and heartfelt. I just, Mm -hmm. I have a lot of respect for that. He just came out with a new EP or kind of album teaser sort of thing pretty recently. So, yeah, always looking forward he's to new music from that him. He's having a new baby. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, he's going to be like, well, we're making another one. <laughs> that's, that's what he's got to do for every album yeah. from here on out. Like, the CP is called Wandering Forest. We're going to name our kid Wandering Forest. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be our most sentient child yet. <laughs> anyway, oh, but yeah, Parker. Yep. Yeah, I, um, I was talking with Matt a little bit about this earlier this week. I picked back up or listened to Damien Rice's album Nine again for the Whoa. first time in a long time. He lives in a little house on the side of a little hill Makes the litter from the ground Little, little brother spills He gives, I get without giving anything to me I haven't heard that name oh, in a while. Man. I know, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I really liked his album O that was released, I want to say in like 2006, maybe before that even. No, it, must, you, it was definitely it before right. that because it was popular. I, I could be wrong for sure, mm. um, but it was made popular by Lost a lot, oh, and really? that show started really? in um, in two thousand four. I think. Don't say that. Don't say that Lost <laughs> came on in two thousand four. That is uh, bizarre. Yeah, it is weird. <laughs> um, but yeah, he because there were a couple songs that were. 
that like Hurley would listen to on the beach. Mm. And that was kind of like Blower's Daughter, I think, um, and some other ones and stuff. But so that's kind of what popularized them. But then when Nine came out, I I got that and was listening to it. And at the time, so just a fun story of... uh, at the time, I had an iPod that the screen didn't work, so I'd just put nice. it on shuffle yeah. and just see what happened. Mm-hmm. And I'd put that album on my iPod, and I hadn't actually listened to it yet, but I had the whole iPod on shuffle. And I was, uh, we were on vacation with my family, and I was just kind of like falling asleep to whatever music was coming on my iPod. <laughs> and the song Rootless Tree started playing. <laughs> and if anybody knows that album, uh, it starts out with really pretty guitar parts, and it's great. And I was like, wow, this is really beautiful. What is this? And then Damien Rice's voice came in. I was like, oh, it's Damien Rice. Good on you, Damien Rice. And then it got to the chorus, which is straight up just, F you, F you, <laughs> F you, ba do 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 And it, I mean, every chorus is yeah. done. <laughs> and I, like lying in bed, I was like almost asleep right as that came up and just jolted me awake. And I was like, what in the world? <laughs> and it was like, like, I wanted to cover that song at some point in my life, but I was like, there's no way. It's not like Forget You by mm-hmm. CeeLo Green that you yeah. can just replace it and it works like this. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, I love you. I love you. <laughs> you know, dump you, whatever, you know, but it's just no matter what, it's going to, you can tell like, uh, you're really trying to say, uh, you you're know. cleaning up the song. <laughs> yeah. and it's not working uh, out. <laughs> yeah. And especially like, screw you. Like, that would yeah. be just blah, like so bad. So, but listening through the album again, um, yeah, I'd probably recommend, I mean, just starting at the top of it, it's on, It's a great album overall. I like the song Dogs a lot, but a lot of the other ones as well. Um, so, yeah. And it was funny because when Matt and I were talking about it, you were pointing out, yeah, that a lot of your friends that listen to a lot of metal, like, started with yeah. Damien Rice or whatever, not started with Damien Rice, but listened to Damien Rice. Like, that's some of the more, like, folky, uh, I guess, chill stuff that a lot of metalhead guys that I know listen to. And mm-hmm. I don't, is metalhead a derogatory term? Probably no, not. No, <laughs> not at all. No, like, I, yeah, just, I didn't take it that way necessarily. I just, I don't know that I've ever had that same experience. And I'm not, yeah. not to say that you're wrong. Um, I'm just kind of flabbergasted. Yeah, I think <laughs> it, it might just be like, a crazy huh. coincidence because yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I, I know Parker and I were talking about this, but I don't really know any parallels between Damien Rice and like hardcore music. <laughs> I mean, so the ones that I would maybe give, and I'm kind of along Chad's lines of, I'm not sure that I've experienced it, but I do think that it makes sense to me at least is that, um, of a lot of singer songwriters, he actually is a really good guitarist mm. or like does interesting things guitar wise, yeah. as opposed to so much singer songwriter stuff like John Mayer it's or Jason Mraz or something. Oh, well, John Mayer, sorry. I meant to say Jason Mraz. John Mayer is a good no, guitarist. No, you can still say it about John Mayer. <laughs> hey, hey now. I'm fine hey with that. Uh, but, but it's true that the, in a lot of, some of John Mayer stuff, the guitar parts wouldn't be as prominent necessarily either. So yeah. it's, and it's, the more bluesy stuff it is, but mm-hmm. so I, I legitimately did not mean to say John Mayer. I meant to say Jason Mraz, and I think there's another one like that, but, um, Jack Johnson. The, yes, yeah, probably Jack so. Very, Were those ones like, like it's just not anything really interesting going on with the guitar part. It's more there to accompany the sure, song right. and have the vibe. Whereas in Damien Rice's stuff, there's a, a lot of dynamics with the guitar parts. Yeah, yeah. So that, which is interesting to a lot of metalheads. And then also the fact that it's very emotional and intense Mm -hmm. and, you know, like the songs have different variety of feels to them. Kind of like you were saying with Punch Brothers, Mm -hmm. where it's not all just kind of samey, but there's a lot of different things going on. So those would be the things that reasons that it makes sense to me, even if I haven't specifically experienced it. I'll say like, I think from what you're describing, like you're pretty much hitting all the reasons why I really love Ben Howard. 
Right. Um, because it's kind of the same thing. Like when I first heard his music, it was like, oh, this is like really singer songwritery, but he's actually got interesting guitar parts that I care about. And mm-hmm. he's very dynamic and like he has a lot of emotion to his voice and like yep. writes yeah. these beautiful songs and like all this different stuff. And so which is the same really reason that I really like um, I, I enjoy a lot of the tallest man on earth stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, Jose Gonzalez. Yeah. He like again, he's just a great guitarist. So he's mm-hmm. doing cool stuff. that I'm like look at that guitar part stuff. And that's one of the things like when I was doing more acoustic stuff of my own, something that I felt like at least, you know, within the MTSU crowd of musicians yeah. kind of set me apart was just like, I'm not a singer first and foremost, or definitely not a lyricist first and foremost, but kind of also a guitarist, you yeah. know, within that, which is just fun. Mm-hmm. Well, that brings up an interesting topic. I think it, it, it's hard to find a line, somebody who's good at, being an instrumentalist as well as being a lyricist. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the, those guys, those kinds of, you know, Ben Howard guys or Damien Rice guys, mm-hmm. they they ride that line pretty well. Like, yep. they're very good guitarists who happen to be very good uh, lyricists. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Which is, I think, why, like, there were a lot of, like, I don't know, country duos or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, at MTSU or within the kind of college music scene where they'd get along pretty well where there's, you know, maybe a guy or a girl that plays guitar really well. And they're accompanying a yeah. singer who singer. writes lyrics well and like sings very you know strongly or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the power <laughs> a lot of the times, yeah, like I remember specific artists where it would like a one girl that I can think of right now that she sang her lyrics were great. She sang really well and really strongly and stuff. But her guitar playing was just the most boring and like yeah. just because mm-hmm. well, at that point it, it's chords. just a function for her yeah to sing and no dynamics exactly yeah. yeah it's just like I need some chords behind what I'm doing yeah. here rather than kind of seeing it as like oh this whole thing works together you know mm-hmm. as a piece yeah I want to go back to what I said about Jack Johnson no I didn't mean to I didn't mean to like crap on Jack Johnson I really do like Jack Johnson yeah I know that's not a popular opinion around these parts but uh, growing up not growing up like living in Orlando and like near the beach that was definitely my beach jams my mm. sister really liked jack johnson for a long time so i've been exposed to quite a bit of his music just over time and like i don't have anything against his music it's not yeah. particularly my thing right but i mean like it's very beachy he, music he which a, i'm not a beachy person yeah, sure, so that's right. a thing oh, no, yeah 100 <laughs> but like he did the soundtrack for the curious george movie and mm-hmm. it's so cute yeah <laughs> it's yeah. just great oh the one where he covered the white stripes song mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Uh, but anyways yeah so cool all right well uh let's get into our cool bits that's enough of so all that let's do it Harmony. what are we talking about this week you guys hey and we're back um yes yeah, so this week <laughs> hey matt heck off <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna start again. I feel like that's gonna be too confusing. No, please leave all of uh, this. All right, in. whatever. We'll do it. Uh, Figure out what's going on. So this week we are talking about cool vocal parts and harmonies, which uh, I'm sure we, uh, we didn't kind of talk about what exactly that was gonna mean no, no. ahead of time. <laughs> so I'm curious to see what that means for you guys compared totally. to for me. So I think it's important, first of all, to make the distinction that we are not necessarily talking about the lyrics of a song. No, we're not at all talking 
talking about talking the lyrics. Not even a little bit. <laughs> so obviously you're going to hear lyrics. We're not going to talk about, you know, the depth or the coolness or the whatever of these lyrics. We're specifically talking about the vocal part itself, be that the harmonies that they're using. And I think a lot of us brought mostly harmonies to the table to talk about. Um, or just maybe some cool effects to discuss with the vocals, like, you yeah. know, what they did in the studio. I know a couple weeks ago we were talking uh, about songs that we used to like and don't anymore and parker brought forward <laughs> one and i cannot remember the band but you were talking about the like how it did the whoa yeah whoa, it was yeah. i will destroy the wisdom of the wise by bullet for a pretty boy yes yep. so i guess my point there was that's an example of a bad vocal part like <laughs> what, we, what we're gonna be staying away from um because in i don't I'll, I'll actually defend it i actually still think that part's really cool it's more <laughs> the fact that i was like i used to love this and now i'm kind of like Everybody's done it. Yeah. So that was a bad example of mine. But yes, that's anyway. exactly the yeah, right yeah. So like, variety of thing. I think there are things that artists choose to do in the studio with their vocals that are very unique. And that's but that's just the problem is that nowadays it's very hard to do something unique. And totally. something like that, yeah. like that example, it's not necessarily unique enough to be like, ooh, I've never heard that before. Right. It's almost like it's overdone because a lot of bands did that. And mm-hmm. it's it, it's very easy to to make something sound dated. I mean, go back to anything that was done in the '80s or '90s. Go back to the '80s drum beats, you know, with like the yeah. gated reverb. Yeah. That's so snare. dated nowadays. Yeah. You know, it, it's just like there there are a lot of studio choices. Like when 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 artists are recording, that it, it, it's hard to make something that actually sounds timeless and good and neat. And so hopefully we got some examples today that yeah. that kind of the one thought are based good. on what you just said that that comes to mind is I listened to some podcasts that are you know band guys now that listen to music back in the day that was before my time and specifically they mentioned an album by Pedro the Lion and they yeah. all talked about how like influential it was or crazy it was that he you know in this music that the singer would scream some of the time yeah. and that it was this big huge you know thing for them it was back you know kind of late 90s or so um and so I went back and listened to it and so to your point of like timeless things or whatever and uh, to me, it didn't even sound like screaming. Like, because yeah. of what I'm used to now yeah. as screaming, <laughs> right. you know, in music, it just sounded like he's kind of yelling a little bit at this yeah. part or, like, singing loud and raspy, you know. And so that kind of thing is, that in and of itself, you know, so easy to replicate that it loses kind of all mm. of its impact. But at the time, that was really cool. But well, yeah. see, that's, that's kind of the thing is, to me, that sounds like, influential more than outdated it sounds like you know that might have been one of the first examples to where it evolved into screaming and music yeah Yeah. and it's not that it's outdated it's just that it's not standout now so much as it was in the time people don't look at that and go oh wow there's like yeah they're screaming in this song whereas there's some other songs where i'm sure you could still show it to somebody and i mean hopefully yeah we'll have some of those for vocal parts specifically but i mean like guitar solos that we talked about or whatever where you could just show somebody and regardless of when it is you'd be like cool huh and yeah. they're like yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah right yeah cool cool so you want to get to the uh the examples who's yeah, going sure. first here that's a good question um, you want to just go down the the list kind of like chad matt parker yeah go for it chad yeah i'll kind of start us off so this, this one's kind of more of a goofy example than anything and it's <laughs> but it's something that I, I thought was really neat uh kind of being in high school and stuff um chiodos was a band that i got really into high school and they were probably honestly the first like post-hardcore band that i got really really into um they 
sort of informed my tastes in a lot of post-hardcore for a long time between like their guitar work and the drums and and the fact that they had a really involved keyboard player that plays a lot of really intense piano parts over mm. their stuff and then their singer Craig Owens like kind of does a thing like I, I don't know his his voice isn't necessarily like the most standout part to me anymore and I think he's pretty good at what he does I think he's got a great scream I don't know that he necessarily has super tight vocals but anyway <laughs> uh, it, it just is what it is but the reason I picked this is because I remember listening to this song in high school and it's a, a part from All Neuroids Beware where he does this scream that kind of makes it sound like the sound effect that people use when they have a tiger on screen oh interesting uh. <laughs> and so just go ahead and play it it's a really short example but it's just kind of funny to me <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> That's all it was. That's just that one little wow. like, wow, wow. <laughs> it's just like, huh. he's saying bottom, like in the at the bottom of the ocean floor, I think. But when he says bottom, just the way that he has to enunciate that word, it just makes it sound like a tiger sound. And I just think that's kind of fun. <laughs> I totally thought when you said a tiger sound at first, I was thinking like the MGM logo. Oh, no, 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 no. no, no. Like, how does somebody do that with No, like voice? a tiger leaping out of the woods <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. And you're just like, oh, God. But yeah, uh, it's, that's, that's all it is. <laughs> that's fun. Side and I, note. I, I, oh, I will cool. say, you, you kind of mentioned something about harmonies. And like, I, I'll just throw this out here. Most of my parts are actually not harmonies. They're mm-hmm. usually like just different ways that people use vocal parts. Mm-hmm. Mostly like almost as an instrument but not quite yeah. so i think that's yeah. something to look for yeah and that's uh, i mean now that now that i think about it that's mostly mine too so i think <laughs> i think i was using the mine word harmonies a little loosely mostly there. harmonies so yeah. we're, we're, we're all covered <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. side note uh can can i just ask you guys a question that yeah. i probably never asked anybody before but when you're can't. watching a movie or a tv show and you hear one of those sound effects that's like always used the will, no matter the how will good the scream is do you immediately get taken out of the moment like it depends on what it is because if it's the wilhelm scream yeah. then i'm abs- i laugh no matter what's happening okay so <laughs> it's like some guys on fire jumping off of a bridge and i hear the ah! and it's just like <laughs> Which the wilhelm is- scream for those who don't know is often used well it's used in every single star wars movie <laughs> yeah. uh usually at some point when somebody is being very also badly injured several or, indiana jones Start in, in I think it Star started Wars in Star Wars. Movies? Really? I think it was in uh, A New Hope. I think that was. I think that was the first time it was ever wow, used. Wow, I was not aware of that. Yeah, I yeah. didn't actually know. I would. I actually probably would have chalked that up to a Star Trek thing if I had hmm. to like just hmm. throw an example. Just very well could be because I've done no research. So. Uh-huh. Just because yeah, it's, it's super campy. Yeah. I feel like even then it's. I'm. I'm trying to think of. So I, I watched a lot of Star Trek. Um, Next Generation Voyager and Steve Space Nine, but none of the original. And I feel like the original, even then, would be too campy, like a different kind of campy. <laughs> like you already for, have established that you like Star because, Trek and you still couldn't well, watch the so, original one. So, because that kind of noise isn't like a forefront kind of noise where it's mm-hmm. like, I'm a person on screen doing this thing. Right, ah! right. It's yeah. like always a, a background. A sound effect additional yeah. thing. I don't know if, I mean, I'm curious. I, I really don't know, but I feel like OG Star Trek. Maybe just wouldn't hit that. So there's note. there's <laughs> two sound effects in particular that always immediately take me out of the yep. scene, and it's the cat noise. Yep, you know uh, which yeah. one I'm talking about. <laughs> Yep, and it's the kids playing noise. Yeah, Alyssa noticed that one pretty recently, and it's, yeah, I never really. I, thought I was watching about a TV it. show last night, and it was a very serious TV show about like murder and like crime, oh, and no. they used that sound effect, and I was like, nope, 
Kids, but I don't know if I know which. I mean, besides the idea of kids playing, which I kind of, you know, yeah. I know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> but I used to be one for goodness <laughs> sake. So we'll, we'll try to find a, a sound clip to play. Yeah. But like, I, it's yeah. funny thinking about even like watching The Office, and uh, and my friend pointed out. They're just using like office generic sounds mm-hmm. in the background, yeah. and once you realize that, it's like ooh, like the kind of does take you out. Shuffling. Yeah, and it's like yeah. phones are ringing all over the place, and everybody's just sitting there, yeah. not doing <laughs> Dude, anything. You're like, the come amount on. of phones, like pretty much every episode of The Office starts with a phone ringing in the background. <laughs> Next time yeah. you watch it, like go go back in and listen to that. Man, I love The Office. You won't be able to. That's stop. very besides the point, yeah, it's but it's so good. No, I think I was playing a video game recently, and Alyssa heard some like kids playing in a distance. She was just like, "Oh, that's that sound clip," and I was yep. just like, "What are you talking about?" And she told me, "There's about one. That. If you don't know what it is, she like, I, and it. hopefully we'll get a sound clip, but like, you might distinguish it by like the the very high pitched kid that's mm-hmm. like, I I can't recreate it, but like, there's one that's like <laughs> a very high pitched laugh you try, going on. <laughs> I I might try to like (laughs) I might try to David Lee Roth and just like suck in the air to make a really loud like (laughs) (laughs) yeah that was that was great for that oh man oh yeah vocal parts so yeah Uh, so anyway uh who goes next yeah here i'll actually (laughs) wait you were you weren't even done talking about yours i pretty much was to be honest Uh, so uh, this is my only one that's actually just a single vocal part but it fits in specifically with this one because it's within metal and stuff as well but i think within that like there's a there's screamers or you know vocalists or whatever you want to say that just have great technique or just sound great or have great screams or whatever Mm -hmm. but then there's something to be said for yeah whether it's funny or not just doing something different or kind of like out of the ordinary that i kind of enjoy and so there's this one band called in the midst of lions and they're like a technical death metal kind of a band sort of um and i actually i really like them but there's this one song that they have this vocal part that we'll be listening to in a second the song's called fearless and it's just a part where the vocals, it's more a guy yelling than it is really screaming. Mm-hmm. And I specifically remember having a conversation with some uh, roommates of mine back in college where they were like, no, it's really bad. And I was like, no, I'm a vocalist. You guys aren't. It's just <laughs> cool. Like, it's not like he has good technique. Yeah. It's, I mean, not that, like, playing the vocalist card doesn't help anything at all. <laughs> but as, <laughs> as far as just a listener goes, which is really what's more important yeah. there, is just... It's it's not great technique. It's just good to listen to. Like it, it helps especially give feeling to the song. Whereas yeah. the regular screaming is just this deep kind of guttural, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, right. same old same old kind mm-hmm. of thing, which fits great in the genre. But um, but this just gives an emotion that that wouldn't give. So yeah, let me go ahead and play it. But it's, yeah, fearless by in the midst of lions. I am not afraid to die. So if you couldn't huh. tell, it's not the the beginning part, you know, the first two vocal bits there, but it's specifically that 
you know, that part that sounds like the higher it's just, part. Exactly. Yeah. Where yeah. it's a room mic kind of thing. He's like probably four feet from the yeah. mic and just yelling it or whatever. And I really like that. Like his voice kind of just cracks. And if mm-hmm. you're listening to it more closely, it's like, I'm not afraid. Like yeah. kind of going all over the place, but he's just going ham. And yeah. like something about that is really enjoyable to me yeah. because it, it really does give the emotion of it more so sure. than just a straight guttural. Well, yeah. No, I, I think definitely like it being different than the part before it definitely gives it a different emotional feel. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Necess- the first one especially is so nasally that I don't necessarily <laughs> love it. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just be honest. No, like, I, I mean, yeah. as much as my opinion matters. You uh, hurt my but, feelings. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I'm like an American Idol judge over here like... <laughs> Dog, I didn't love that, but uh, no, uh, it was actually a dog that you were talking to. It was actually a literal dog. (laughs) Hello, Mr. Aussie. Um, no, it's maybe not my like favorite thing. Um, but towards the end, where it's more like mixed in with everything else, and like he's maybe not, Mm -hmm. uh, there's a quality to some people's vocals where they try really hard to be a particular thing uh mm-hmm. you get this a lot from silver sun pickups like that dude has a style and it's very nasally and he like really gets into it uh yeah. into that nas- on the records but when you see him live like he'll start with that and then by the end of the show he's more just like singing with a regular tone of voice and it's like okay this is really what you actually sound like and i'm glad you just are singing like yourself because yeah. that sounds and and that kind of happens to me in that clip where hmm. at the beginning he's like going for a specific thing but by the end of it it's more turning into just his voice being emotive and i think that's more interesting that to me to is me. yeah that honestly i would rather hear the whole song like that i'd rather hear the whole song him like reaching for that you know doing that yelling and because that that's more emotional and more like raw and mm-hmm. like untamed than the growling yeah to me and going back to silver sun pickups like what you said mm-hmm. i've seen them live and you're totally right <laughs> yeah. four or five songs into the set it's a very nasally voice and then you start to hear like his real voice yeah. mm-hmm. and, and it sounds really good like yeah I, I really like just his regular voice but he has like a thing that he's going for in the studio and yeah it's more that, and that's yeah. fine. And that's fine. Like, yeah, yeah it still sounds fine, but yeah. I don't like it as much as. Yeah. And that's just like this, yeah. you know the uh, the the screaming sounds fine, but I don't know. I'm more interested in like the the raw, untamed. Like, just be know. okay yeah. with who you are, kind of vocal. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I mean, I think all things exactly like you said, Chad. I, the contrast is such a big part of it too. Mm-hmm. We're thinking of this song. I mean, within the genre, I don't think it would even sound that great or make a lot of sense to have him be doing only that the whole time. Yeah. But well, and especially I, from like a vocal like, right. health oh, perspective, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that would probably ruin his throat. <laughs> but um, like it, I think what they do is is fine within the genre. Like it mm-hmm. fits well, but. It's the fact that you're doing something different for a second here, like, oh, what, what was, yeah. what's going on over yeah. there? Is it makes it stand out, whether totally. that's good or bad for yeah. some people. Like, I mean, yeah. who cares? That's you know a thing. There's another song of theirs where Levi the poet comes yeah. in, um, and it's a similar kind of a thing. It's less yelly and more just uh, talking loud <laughs> Speed and rap. Yeah, I mean, pretty much because he's a he's a poet and yeah. he just does like spoken word kind of things. Um, but we, over that music, which honestly is my favorite part of the album. Mm. Um, but but just the fact that it's different is what helps it to stand out. Yeah, it's um, one of those things that I think on like again the first listen of that, which was just now, um, <laughs> not necessarily my favorite thing. But I think in the context of like the greater song as a whole, and the more I listen to it the less I would notice it, yeah, honestly. Sure. I, it, it's one of those things that I think if I just steeped myself in it and really like 
imbibed it in it really wouldn't even stand out to me or or i mean like other than just like the way it's supposed to where it's different than everything else but it wouldn't be as jarring as it necessarily was the first time that i heard it yeah so totally yeah Yeah. cool cool Matt, matt what you got yeah my uh first example was one that I knew I was going to pick like, right from the bat. Uh, I haven't, I've talked about this band so many times on this podcast and it's really ridiculous, but I haven't actually used any of their material yet. Oh, so I thought I'd pick a song by, of Montreal. Ooh. Yeah. Ba, ba, ba. Uh, if you haven't heard any other episodes, I've talked about these guys like into the ground because they are really that good to me. Uh, like, I discovered this band in college. I love them so much. Um, there's not an album theirs that I dislike really. Um, I mean, and some of their stuff is, is harder to get into than other stuff because they get weird. I'll put it simply <laughs> like they get weird in yep. some of their records. Yep. Um, yep. But the song that I chose was a, a song off their record called Satanic Panic in the Attic. Yep. And it's called Lysergic Bliss. And uh, that there, there are just so many things about this record in general that I'm in love with. It's so poppy and just so high energy and fun the whole way through. I mean, there's like one or two slow songs, but they're still good and just put you in a good mood. Um, but the, the reason I picked this song is because the, the beginning of the song, about two minutes into it, is very like uplifting and like poppy and, you know, high, high tempo and and like and then all of a sudden it just stops the song stops dead in its tracks and you get like this this very low female whisper and she's like okay gentlemen remember your breathing one (laughs) two three four and then then you get this kevin barnes acapella that's just so good like the way that these layers are like they run on top of each other is just so well organized and so arranged it's so theatrical and i don't know to me a few of their songs encompass like just how theatrical this band is like other than this one and i i don't know i guess you'll have to hear it in order to understand but uh you know let's listen to it So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you if you listen to that, which I hope you did, <laughs> it's like I'm just gonna fast forward to this part. <laughs> I hate listening to the examples that they talk uh, about. No, that's uh, the whole point of the podcast, kind of. But whatever. No, no. That, <laughs> that song in particular is one of the reasons I absolutely fell in love with this band. Is because, like I said, the beginning of the song is very like upbeat and like double tempo and and just like a lot of crazy stuff going on, and then it just stops dead in its tracks, and then you get this this just acapella that's. I don't know. When I first heard it, I just thought Queen. Yeah. I thought like, okay, yeah. that's one guy doing totally. so that's many exactly different vocal tracks. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And honestly, I almost picked Queen because, I mean, you could pick <laughs> any Queen song out of their catalog and be like, oh, yeah, this vocal part right here, you need to listen to it. Yep. Uh, fun fact, Bohemian Rhapsody, 36 vocal tracks. Yeah. That's not, that, I'm shocked that it's only 36, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> See, at the time, that was the most expensive song ever recorded. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know, think about it, the tape days. and Yeah, yeah. seriously. That's crazy. Yeah. But uh, this song in particular, I love that each voice in this is not necessarily like harmonies as much as each voice is a melody 
that's that's moving along and they're overlapping each other and staying on top of each other but it still makes tonal sense like mm-hmm. that everything is is overlapping each other and going together and then the beat comes back in and it stays that way until the end of the song and it's just it's a totally different beat than how the song started but i just i, I love that about this band that they can just take something and pull it completely out of left field that you would not expect to hear in that kind of song <laughs> you're like oh well all right, I guess we're doing this now. <laughs> and I don't know, like, we, you know, there, there's a lot of their music, and the reason that I think it might be kind of hard to get into them is because they do this a lot, and a lot of times they, they stop the good beat. Like, they stop <laughs> the good song, and they just decide to do something else. And it's it, sometimes it's like, uh, yeah, but I was really enjoying that. <laughs> but they do it in this instance, and it just really pays off, and yeah. I, I really, really enjoy it. Yeah, there's a fine line with that kind of thing where... If you stop something like just like just late enough to where it makes somebody be like, oh, but I wanted to listen to more of that. It'll yeah. just make them want to listen to it again. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah. that's good. Yeah, right. Or alternatively, <laughs> it'll make them be like, you got what? Ah, never again. <laughs> and yeah. then just yeah, like, I didn't get the payoff I wanted for that. And so yeah. I'm not going to. I mean, there's again. there's some songs, not not just by this band, but like just in general, that they, mm-hmm. they do something really great for 30 seconds and then they just completely make a sharp left turn. There's into an, something that's not great. Yeah. There's an As Cities Burn song that has a three second bit just right there in the in the <laughs> middle that I'm like, yeah, do that more. And they don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. That's very frustrating. Yep. But. Anyways, that yeah. was my vocal part. That's vocal part number one. There weren't any lyrics in there. It was just ba 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 ba. It's just actually a vocal part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, cool. Um, so my next one, I, I'm, I, I didn't want to be that guy, but this <laughs> song is a good example of something that I actually really love when vocal parts do this, where you'll have two sort of different vocal parts happening at the same time, um, and. Both of them having different lyrics and kind of different themes going on, but uh, this is a song by my old band Low Beggar um, called Metal Boy, and Seamus. I, I wish that I could have like I, I wish that I could take some sort of credit for him doing this. Like <laughs> I told him that I love this kind of thing, and so he did it, or, or something like that. But it, like we literally left the studio when we were recording the song, me and and my roommate, to go get my Rhodes piano. And we came back and Seamus was like, I have this idea. I wrote this quick, like little lyrical thing and like recorded a quick voice memo, but I want you to sing this part over what I'm doing during the verses mm-hmm. or the like latter half of the verses. And so I like learned the part real quick and it's a little bit different than like what he initially prescribed, but it ended up being a really cool part that I absolutely adore where he's doing sort of this long drawn out vocal part. That's a lot of whole notes. And then I'm doing this bouncy thing under him that just really does this kind of chaotic feeling really well, I think. And I I really love when music has this chaotic element to it where it, it, it still has a structure and everybody's still in on the structure, but it feels a little disjointed. Mm-hmm. And that definitely has this feeling. And so uh, this is the second verse of Metal I say that you lost, but who?
So my vocal part's pretty buried in there, but I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. it's it's just a, a very bouncy line compared to his. Yeah. And, no, you can hear it moving yeah. for sure. Mm-hmm. And that's I, that's something, yeah, I really enjoy when bands do that. I think uh, Emery does a really good job of doing mm-hmm. that a lot because they have two, like, lead vocalists, mm-hmm. and so that yeah, happens yeah. a lot. Uh, Undroth does a good job of doing mm-hmm. that. And that's something, yeah, that's just, it's fun to, especially when the two parts or maybe not especially, but also when the two parts are heard separately yeah. and then yeah. come together mm-hmm. and you're like, wait, what in the world? comes together. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. No, kind of feeding off what you said earlier about feeling like you were kind of doing something a little bit different in the music scene here in Murfreesboro. Mm-hmm. Like that's how we sort of felt about Low Beggar because if for no other reason than the fact that which we I actually, fully agree with, we actually side note, <laughs> we, no, but I mean like to just we actually did something with more vocals than just the lead vocal. Yeah, um, sure. Most of the mu- local music scene around here, it's very just like you have a bunch of instrumentalists and one person's going to do vocals because they feel like they have to. Yeah, um, and we tried really hard to like have harmony parts and mm-hmm. have maybe another vocal line, or I would oftentimes run my voice through a a DL4 delay pedal to like have some more effects on that and kind of use that as an instrument or something. And, uh, and no, I just thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I really enjoy that. It's almost like a call and response, Mm -hmm. except, you know, it's obviously two different vocal tracks and one is just slightly behind the other, but it's, it's always kind of like what we were talking last week, a little bit with time signatures, like when they finally do meet up and like, you know, both the vocal tracks get together and they're saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. I just really, really enjoy that. It's very nice. Cause it's, it's so different during the verses, but we have a harmony that we do during the choruses that it's just Mm -hmm. like, as soon as the chorus hits, we're together and doing the same thing. And And there's that such a great payoff. And during that, that's exactly, I was going to use the word payoff too, where, (laughs) um, having things where you, you don't have to pay attention to everything that's going on, but if you, do there's more payoff Mm -hmm. like it's rewarding to you know listen again and hear more things like that's just i mean it's good music marketing (laughs) (laughs) among other things like and it's just you know your brain just likes that kind of thing or at least Mm -hmm. mine does i don't know about everybody but Mm-hmm. Well, and just I mean, having things going on is if, if nothing else, like creating tension. Yeah. I, I think yeah. that's something that a lot of like modern pop music doesn't really necessarily have is this like tension um, that, you know, if you if you build up something that doesn't necessarily sound as clean or sparkly as you want it to. And then suddenly it does. There's a there's a huge amount of just relief that you get from that yep. that mm-hmm. I think is very rewarding to people. And but some people can't deal with tension. Some people yeah. can't deal with that. And discomfort to get to the the relief yeah yeah so, I, uh, that, that's actually a way more like philosophical <laughs> point than i was necessarily trying to make so, but yeah let's talk about that <laughs> yeah so i used to when i was playing in local bands back in orlando i used to, i I'm, I'm not a singer i cannot sing to save my life really i mean i've tried and i want to be a good singer you but i'm some not. good harmonies at that one thing we did that one time oh thank you <laughs> yeah. everyone knows what i'm talking about <laughs> especially only us oh yeah that, that one thing that we did the one time i know what you're talking about uh, i know exactly but no i i really can't sing but i used to love just requesting a mic at live shows like if i'm sitting behind the drum kit because i don't know sometimes if the mood like, yeah. <laughs> struck me, I'd, I'd, I would want to do that exactly. Like, you know, just sing, just follow, kind of, I guess, call, kind of a call and response or just like yell in the microphone. Yeah. And, <laughs> I don't know. I love listening to bands that can pull that off really well. Um, I don't know if you guys are Kinks fans, but like uh, Ray Davies, the lead singer who sang all their songs, like his brother... 
Dave Davies in the background. I got that wrong. Dave Davies was the lead singer, and his brother Ray Davies used to like yell yes. into the microphone and like sing <laughs> harmonies and like do do just that, like mm-hmm. almost a call and response kind of thing, but different vocal parts. But it was so scratchy and like screechy, <laughs> and he clearly wasn't as good a singer, but it just sounded so good because there yeah. was that level of tension. It's mm-hmm. like when you have one really good singer who's on point, and then you have somebody else in the background who's maybe not as strong a singer, but they're buried a little bit and they're mm-hmm. following the lead. It's just, it, I don't know. Yeah. It's it engaging always makes for at something least. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's entertaining. Yeah. And it's, yeah, very engaging. Uh-huh. Yeah, especially live. Like, I mean, that's one of those things that will make you notice and then at that point assess whether or not they're doing it well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And as long as they are, like, or as long as most of it's good, like, even if the, whatever the drummer's name was, wasn't like that great. Like that's okay, yeah. <laughs> but if everything else is good enough, you know, then you're great. Which yeah. obviously seems to be the case for the Kinks because yeah. they are, you know, of real. Bands. Yeah, I think they did fine. <laughs> <laughs> Got a sneaky They're suspicion okay. that they did. Uh, pretty okay. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, no, for sure. The this one that I'm going to talk about is the exact opposite of that. In well. Actually, no, there is tension, but it's a different kind of tension. It's not multiple different parts. Um, the, the band Copeland, yeah. which I love Copeland. They're really good. And they do a lot of great vocal like harmony kinds of things that when I saw them live, I don't know if it was just that lineup or that night they didn't feel like doing it, but they didn't really have the opportunity. I don't I don't know if nobody else typically sings in the band. I mean, mm-hmm. on the recordings, it's 100% just Aaron who's doing yeah. it himself and, and that. Um, but but live they didn't end up doing it quite as much which I was sad about because it's so good but this song Should You Return on their album You Are My Sunshine um, it has a lot of harmony stuff in it and again lots of their songs do but it has um, I think it's cool because it's not just like uh, here's the main part and a harmony with it mm. it's specifically it's like cluster chords made. it's kind mm. of like um, the Imogen Heap song um, yeah, Hide and Seek Hide and Seek yeah, yeah. within that kind of vein which so, was a song that i almost brought i i thought about it too yeah, yeah. it's uh it's good i have a side note about that so i have a story about that in just a second though yeah. uh here let's listen to should you return by see Copeland. the night is all i have to make me feel and all i want is just a love to make it hurt Cause all I need is something fine to make me lose Now it's a funny way I find myself with you yeah, so that song, I, I really, I mean, I just love pretty much all of Copeland's stuff, yeah. but um, it's a lot of cluster chords, like there's mm-hmm. notes that are in the background. I actually, I was starting to try to figure out like, what are all the notes there and like, how's it moving <laughs> and stuff? And it was just not happening. Like yeah. I, yeah. I only had a, a little bit of time to do it in and I was like, yeah, that note's there and that note and that note there. Um, so for those of you who don't know, cluster chords, which apply for this and for hide and seek and stuff like that mm-hmm. is when there's a chord with a lot of notes that are close together, like on a keyboard, for example, um, that are all being played as part of the chord at the same yeah. time. So, like major sevens. Right. Major so, sevens if you play a scale, you know, and you hold down, and you play that as a chord, A, mm-hmm. it's probably not going to sound that good unless there's parts that are moving in it. Yeah. But, or you have some other notes like right. far away from that also. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's, um, but if it's playing all those notes that are close together physically, uh, you know, then uh, then that would be a cluster chord. If, however, you space them out, 
so that like the down down the two in there that second note is like an octave up then it would be a nine chord instead <laughs> uh, you know and so once you start spacing them out they become actual <laughs> yeah like right. note you know specific named chords but when it's just a whole bunch of stuff all in the same spot then they're kind of defined as cluster chords because it's just a cluster of notes yeah. mm-hmm. i think one way that he does do this a lot and i i don't know i mean when we saw them a couple years ago mm-hmm. uh I think, as far as I remember, Aaron was really still the only one doing anything vocally, um, but he had two microphones with him, mm-hmm. and one was just a clean microphone, mm-hmm. and the other one was a keyboard coder. microphone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, and so I mean, like, not to take away from that, I think it's still super impressive that he does all of his vocal work, anyways. But I think he does a lot of stuff with the vo- the vocoder, mm-hmm. and so yeah, he's just like singing a note, and then there's like he's doing a, a lot of moving stuff with his hands where he's actually making these chords and, yeah. and can do moving parts where mm-hmm. it's just like for those at home who may not know what a vocoder <laughs> is, what's a vocoder? Just because my yeah, next no, example totally. is going to bring that up too. Yeah. So if we can if we can get yeah. that hashed yeah. out now. <laughs> What's a vocoder? Yeah. A vocoder is a keyboard that you run your voice through. So, for instance, of Hide and Seek or mm-hmm. this song or a lot of Boney Bear tracks, um, <laughs> yeah. he, they'll uh, be playing a keyboard and singing. And the only sound that you hear from the keyboard is their voice, but the keyboard itself is splitting their vocal part into all the chords that they're, or the keys that they're playing on the keyboard. Mm-hmm. So, if you play a C on a keyboard and you sing whatever, it's going to come out as a C, yeah. but it's going to have your voice to it. But you if you play literally any note, it doesn't any matter. Note, yeah. uh, it's just going to like transpose it into being this key. And if you play a whole chord of that, it's going to then triple your voice up into being the whole major chord of that. And you can yeah. play cluster chords and these huge big yeah. chords and crazy vocal range kind of stuff. And None like that. it sounds a lot like the auto tune effect. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, but <laughs> it's but it's just like from where a person is playing on a keyboard. And yep. it's it, it's kind of like an auto tune at 100 percent. Like it's grabbing <laughs> everything and forcing it into a key uh-huh. uh, is what this vocoder is going to do. You're, you're, you'll hear it in my next yeah. example. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the hide and seek story, too. Was I don't know if you guys had this experience too. So I listened to Imogen Heap and Fru Fru mm-hmm. um, in high school, yeah. and then what you, mm, what you say? Uh, gosh, it's just the worst Jason thing. Derulo. So that song came out. And do you not know so what I'm much. talking about? I have no Matt? idea what you're oh, talking man. about. Oh man! So there's hip hop era R and B, just <laughs> just ignorant, yeah. little so <laughs> wonderful. I just am so jealous of your so, life right now. <laughs> I I had heard of this song. So it um it's a song by Jason Derulo, who's an R and B artist. Um, okay. And he sampled mm, what you say mm, that she only the like kind of chorus ish from uh, yeah, like the last from hide and seek. Mm-hmm. And use that as you know the framework for his R and B song, which is a normal thing that people do. Maybe sure. it's hip hop. I don't know. Whatever. And whatever. so, but it got really popular. And I was frustrated, especially because I didn't feel like Imogen Heap was very well represented in the yep. not because of the music itself only, but also just that it. It's it, like the the least interesting part of that song. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he like he obviously took all the credit for it or whatever in, yeah. in a lot of senses, but paid her accordingly, which is a normal thing that yeah. gets done. But it was just frustrating because I, I felt like as that was my first experience with that kind of a thing at all. Like it should be 
poster boarded everywhere like yeah. featuring music from Imogen Heap or yeah, something yeah, yeah. which is not mm-hmm. a thing like that's not how that works but that's how I felt in you know 10th or 11th grade or whatever it was yeah. well and especially like as good of a musician as she is yes. and how long she's been in the game and like doing really interesting mm-hmm. innovative things yes. especially from like a technological standpoint to then be relegated to like Oh yeah, she was in that Jason Derulo song. Yeah. He's like, which no. is exactly like that. That was the most frustrating bit. Was one time I was just I had that song stuck in my head, and I yeah. was standing around some some other high school girls. Not that I was a high school girl, but I was standing around <laughs> some high school girls. Uh, I guess saying that they were also high schoolers was my point yeah. there. Um, but I was singing that song, and they were like, "Oh, I love that song." And I sang a different part from it, and they're like, "What? What's that?" And I was like, I "Thought you knew the song." And they're like, "Yeah, what you say, Jason Derulo?" And I was like. No! <laughs> it just my life crumbling before my eyes. It's like not really that big of a deal, honestly, but it was just frustrating at the time because I was like, I. It's one of those moments where I started to understand the industry just a little bit better, um, which you know came more and more over time, well, especially yeah. through college and whatnot. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's enough of that song. But cluster chords, and I just think it's an interesting, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. musical part. So, Super. yeah. Yeah. And now we've got a, a listener submission, I believe. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, we do. We have a listener submission from... <coughs> uh, Hudson. <laughs> Roberto Hudson. Ooh, fancy, fancy. Fancy, fancy. Rob Hudson. Very ha- handsome uh, Spanish man. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's not really. <laughs> Rob. He could be. You're, you're a good friend. Do you, rem- do you remember those campfires we used to have? <laughs> The irony that he you're the only one of us three that doesn't know yeah. <laughs> like the one person we're making do this is the one person you remember that those, doesn't know Rob. You remember those deep talks we used to have, Rob, <laughs> where we talked about something by Layla Hathaway and Snarky Puppy. Rob has this to say. He says, Snarky Puppy is the backing band for lots of artists on this album. Layla is a gospel slash R&B singer who is just stinking incredible stinking incredible Mm -hmm. yes indeed you've got that correct uh in this song she is doing a lot of scat singing whoop comma a lost art uh and so cool but what really gets me with this is what that she can split her vocals to harmonize with herself and i don't mean multi-tracking i mean tibetan monk style Hachi machi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she live sings two notes at once. Just incredible. That is a pretty yeah. incredible talent. If you if you guys don't know what Tibetan monk singing is, mm-hmm. go on YouTube and check out some of those dudes or girls or whatever. Yeah, man, that's some wacky stuff yeah. to make two completely different tones come out of your mouth at once. Yeah, mm. and using it in like regular old music yeah <laughs> you well, know and especially in an improvisation yeah. when i whistle yeah <laughs> can you guys do that i yes. i can actually make a, a harmonic overtone if i sing but it's not the same way that she does mm. it like i don't do it with my throat i do it with my tongue shape mm. um, oh right yeah, yeah but the the part that i love is there's a video for this too on yeah. youtube if you find it uh, something with Layla hathaway and snarky puppy uh-huh. i knew snarky puppy way before i knew who she was yeah. at all and found this video and it's so funny watching this because as soon as she starts doing it everybody in snarky puppy like yeah, loses the their the mind it's like <laughs> they're going nuts over this <laughs> it's so cool uh let's go ahead and play it and listen yeah. to it Oh, 
that last one mm-hmm. that she does because yeah. she does it, three segments of it. One of them has yeah. two different mm-hmm. notes, and then that last one. That's the one that I feel like really shows like she has control. She over has the control chord that she's right. exactly, right. and that's like. And I, I'm curious, you know, I feel like the interval is static, probably. I, I don't know, because I think in all of those, it's, you know, a fifth or a fourth or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious about that. You know, who's really to say maybe it was just what was most conducive in the moment, if she has control over that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just that one note showing, oh, yeah, she knows what she's doing. She's not mm-hmm. just doing some weird trick of, like, yeah. like doing yeah. a thing that It's not happens. just a sound effect. Like, she right. knows she's making a harmonic, right. and it fits in the key of the song. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big not scat an fan. Easy thing to just do. like straight up, don't like scat. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not only scat. do I not like poop, I don't really like jazz scat. Um, uh, no, I, I'm not big on scat singing. It's, hi kids. It, it's yeah. Hey, hey everybody. It's it's not really my favorite thing. Um, but I love this video because yeah. not only just like she's amazing, but also. Just watching everybody, watching everybody get super pumped. It's just really fun. <laughs> it is. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. That's Especially, one of the things that I love about Snarky Puppy anyways. Anytime any of them does something cool, they always get super pumped. Which is great because they're all so great at their instruments. Yeah. So then, <laughs> That's like... That's an understatement. <laughs> for them to be impressed by each other, A, mm-hmm. I mean, like, on one side, no surprise because they're all great at it. But mm-hmm. on the other side, it's easy to be great at playing music and then hearing somebody else do something and you're essentially coming off with the vibe of like... I mean, yeah, I, I could do something like that, sort of. You know, and it's or like, come like, on. I, yeah, I've heard you do that eight million Honestly, times or though, something like that's that. Honestly, what, though, that's what makes it all worth it to me. I mean, yeah. just like being in a band or playing with a musician and then hearing them do something that just blows you away, that makes me want to do better. That, like, oh, that yeah, makes no, me totally. want to, like, if I'm, you know, behind the kit, which oftentimes, you know, the drummer doesn't really get it any chance to shine, which I'm totally okay <laughs> with because I am not a, like, a look-at-me musician uh-huh. at all. But, like, if I'm playing with somebody who really knows what they're doing on, like, bass or guitar and I hear, like, a little lick that they do live mm-hmm. or whatever, yeah, I'm all about that. Like, I'm going to go and I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to make, like, myself sound If better. I want time to shine as a drummer... I just chuck a drumstick at somebody, <laughs> make them go. pick it up, maybe poke out an eyeball. I don't yeah. know. And I'm like, in my turn, gonna play one handed now. I'm gonna stand <laughs> up. Right. I'm gonna stand up, pull my pants down, and throw my cymbal at somebody. Woo. Yeah. Exactly. That now you're looking at me. Experiences <laughs> have taught us these things. Huh. Uh, great. Let's take a break for a minute and uh, we'll come back and do some other fun stuff. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. Right now you're hearing the song All That I'm Made For by the band Out of the Dust. They're a Christian music husband and wife duo based out of Nashville, Tennessee. And they're actually on tour all across the states this summer doing a lot of house shows in various spots. So go ahead and check out their website, outofthedustmusic.com or follow them on social media on at Out of the Dust Music and you'll be able to see if they're going to be somewhere near you. So this song, All That I'm Made For, off their debut record, Out of the Dust. Turn uh, to the times in the. Time is nine. 
Uh, so anyway, cool. Uh, right now we've got some, something completely different <laughs> from Here's Matt. Something of we all think people. you're really gonna enjoy. <laughs> oh man! All right, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, uh, we're gonna play a game. Yeah. Ba, 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 ba. Game time. Games, game games. time. Uh, that was a song. Come on, guys. We gotta do the song. <laughs> hey, I tried. We're all supposed to know our parts. Chad, you were okay. I uh, I was trying to do the double vocal at the same time, but they cancel uh, each other out. Yeah. So I was doing I was doing both parts, but they're gone. Mm, now. Oh, beautiful, something like that. No, <laughs> or it, some better. It excuse. was good. You did really really well. Oh, thanks, man. Mm-hmm. So what's this game? So we're gonna play a game. Uh, it's a little game. I like to call three, two, one. Mm. Yeah. So I kind of just realized that most of the games we play on here are number oriented <laughs> and usually have something to do with the numbers three, two and one, <laughs> Pretty which much. this game does or multiples of. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the, the point of this game is, uh, you probably have seen this around before. It's nothing new. I did not come up with this idea at all, but I'm going to play three seconds of a song and it's going to be up to Chad and Parker to guess what that song is. Now <clears throat> there are a couple things that we need everybody to know. Right off the bat, these are the beginnings of each song. It's the oh. very beginning. It's oh. not just some random section. It is the very beginning of each song. Okay. So you're going to hear the first song, you're going to hear three full seconds of it. Exactly three seconds. I timed it. <laughs> then the next song, you're going to hear exactly two seconds of. Then the next song, you're going to hear 1.5 seconds of. One and a half seconds oh, of. Okay. And for the final one, you're going to hear one second of the song. And the first one of you to shout it out will get the prize. Oh, and uh, speaking of which, what is, what is, what's our score right now? Uh, it's probably uh, 19 shovels for me. Yeah. And then you have like, like 32 40? fish or so. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure Matt actually has about 42 and a half schmeckles. Yeah. Um, no, I. I One of us always was, has schmeckles. That's an important part that we need to remember. schmeckles are pretty I thought consistent. I was up to like 56 <laughs> pronouns. Well, uh, you man. can be. I, pronouns are pretty expensive though these days. If That's you go true. by the Wheel of Fortune like vowel standard, uh-huh. it's pretty ridiculous. Oh, how much we're going Canadian cost. Wheel of Fortune vowel That's standard, oh, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, so you can have 46. as many pronouns as you want in that case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Canadia. <laughs> oh, I really appreciated that. <laughs> so anyway, uh, all right, let's do this. Anyway. <laughs> All of cool. our zero Canadian <laughs> listeners are so offended. Okay, so <laughs> yes, all of our all of our millions of Canadian listeners out there. Hey, some maple syrup, eh? Your your money doesn't matter. All right, uh, so first song, the first song uh, again. All of these are very well known songs. At least in my eyes, they're very well known. Yep. We're not gonna play anything obscure or wacky. Before we start, so. can you tell us the name of the first song? Yeah, the name of the first song is <laughs> Oh Oh You oh, You Dastardly Devil. You almost got. Me. I'm pretty smart, eh? <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm gonna play the first three seconds of this song. If you got it at home, shout it out. Even if you're at work, shout out the name of the song <laughs> at the top uh, of your lungs. And you may not get it. And if you don't get it, we'll just keep playing it until you do. I want to hear some ridiculous thoughts. I want to hear your ridiculous <sighs> opinions of what this song is. So much pressure. I'm ready. All right, y'all ready? Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> um, okay. Um so it's pretty synthy, huh? I know I know one person who's already got it. Yeah. My wife. Well, <laughs> she's different than I am in this I, circumstance. I always feel this pressure whenever this <laughs> game this kind of game is happening where 
it plays and I have no idea what it is and I can feel like 42 so people can, just screaming at their car when shields like I can, uh, I do not know what this is I can is drop it, some hints after we okay, I, get some guesses in I feel like this is one where I, I want to I'm thinking it but I don't want to embarrass myself either but I'm just going to say it. is it a thriller it is not thriller okay. cuz that starts with like some is yeah, it yeah, something yeah, yeah. in okay. the 80s no. Okay. In fact, I'll drop hint number one now. This is a song that came out in the 90s. Okay. Is it like a boy band thing? It is not a boy band. Okay. Okay. Let's listen to it one more time. There, there are boys in this band, but it oh. is not a boy band. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yes. That narrows it down quite a bit, right? <gasps> oh, man. Now, oh, it really to, sounds like the beginning of like Bye Bye Bye, though. You really need to pay attention to the... I cut this off at the exact yeah. moment because I wanted it to be difficult, but pay yeah. attention to the the breath at I, the end yeah. because that is the beginning of the quote-unquote lyrics, and I'll give you my second hint. That is not an actual singing part. That is a talking part. This song starts out with a man talking. Oh, my. <sighs> I know my 90s music very well, apparently, but uh, this... Between the I'm gonna let's do it one more time. Sure. I I can't uh, say that I know. <laughs> all right, I'll drop one more hint. Okay. And this is a big one. Okay. This song is based on a very very popular toy by Mattel. Oh my goodness. I'm a Bobby girl. Uh, ding, 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 ding. Uh, yeah. Although I guess the guy isn't seeing that in that voice. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm a Bobby girl. So this song it's starts like off the, with uh, maybe the, the Hasselhoff version. <laughs> <laughs> this song starts off with Bana. Hiya, Bobby. Uh, and she says, I can. Yep. That makes a lot more sense. Yep. That makes a lot more makes sense. Makes a lot more synths. Good job, Parks. I, I don't know if so much good job, but that's no, okay. That was pretty good. You got there eventually. Yeah. I mean, when it's a song based off a toy from the 90s, like, I'm not <laughs> sure there's, there's a lot of variety wheels, to choose though. from. I was like, what Hot Wheels song would there be? <laughs> Oh uh, man! My brain right. associates the yeah. My brain is always going to pick the wrong association to make with these. That's not the Beyblade song. <laughs> <laughs> that was Bandai. Thank you. <laughs> it really was, and also was it, was, it actually Bandai? Because that was kind of a joke. I, I think it was. <laughs> cool. To be honest, yeah. Um, I loved Beyblades. No, yeah, I was super into. It. I had Beyblades some Beyblades. Sweet, man. Yeah. So anyway, uh, <laughs> all right. So this next one, you're going to hear how many seconds of it? Two. About right. hundred. No. Milliseconds. Uh, Millis- cent- centriseconds. I don't know. I don't whatever. Know. Here we go. You're going to two seconds of it. Is this the middle by Jimmy World? No. no. But you're kind of on the right track, oh, I'll say. No. Uh, all the Small Things by Blink-182. No. 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 Oh, my gosh. I'm thinking of Chunky Guitar Riffs. Uh, <laughs> Again, you're no. Uh, oh, oh, oh. It's, oh, shoot. It's the treadmill song. It is the treadmill song. What is it called? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh Shoot! Oh no! <laughs> wait, 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 wait! Can you give us the band name? Uh, man. two words. Yep. Okay, go. There you yep. go. That's the one. Uh, oh, well, what's the song called? Just ah uh, man. I mean, you got I, the I song. I don't know. There it goes again. Hey! Yay! Oh, I got an answer! <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> 
Oh man, man. That's there one, we go. Good job, 100 schmeckles for Chad. I can just feel my body heating up and like starting to sweat, like the pressure that I just felt. That was really good. That was good. All right, this next song you're gonna hear one and a half seconds of mm-hmm. another very popular song. Here we go. Is it Billy Joel? Piano Man? Yes, sir! I'm glad you knew that one. Nice job. (laughs) I I guess Billy Joel, because that sounded like Billy Joel Piano. Yeah. And honestly, I was just like, I don't know Piano Man's famous. (laughs) I know other songs. That was the beginning to Piano Man. Yes. Well, Mm. look at that. Good job, Proud of you. I'm the Piano Man. All right, this next one, I personally find it to be very difficult. Now... Well, <laughs> doesn't now, bode well I'm for gonna need of us. you guys to think on this, and you may not get it, but then you may. I mean, I heard the song hundreds and hundreds of times growing up, so maybe you'll get and it I've off heard this it twice. Oh, You're no. gonna hear exactly one point zero 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 seconds of this song from the very beginning. All right, here Let's we go. Do it. <laughs> you gotta be kidding me! <laughs> And one more time, just as a refresher, in case you missed that. <laughs> okay, so when you say it's very difficult... I guarantee some people at home already got it's it. A, it's like a hi-hat clap. <laughs> it's a hi-hat clap and a one guitar string, one muted guitar string oh, being struck. Oh, Can goodness. we listen to it Question, one more time? Does it, does it go... Like, does it actually stop there? Like, like I will t- ch- No, 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 no. I will give you... I'll drop hint number one right now. The... It does that exactly eight times. Wait, hang before, on. Before the song starts. Do I know? Is it um, uh, the Proclaimers? I'll walk 500 miles. No, oh, no, 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 no. That's jump. a good. That's Wait, a good guess. Up. Oh, I know I'm gonna be. I'm <laughs> gonna be the man who wakes up next to you. All right. Here's this again. <laughs> oh man. And they're not counting off or anything, they right? Are. They oh, are. They're counting, counting off. off. They're okay. eight count offs. They're eight counts before the song actually starts. And I'll drop another hint. Okay. This is a song from the, technically the 1980s. This song came out in 1980. It's a very popular rock and roll song. Is it by the Eagles? It's not by the Eagles. Is it by I'll, the Evils? Uh, <laughs> it, it is by the Evils. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. Let's see. What other hints can I drop? I'm just coming up with all these hints off yeah, the top of my head. Yeah, go for it. All right. Uh, so there's eight count-offs to the song. The chord progression is is one of the most iconic guitar riffs of all time. Is it... No. Is it an ACDC song? It is an ACDC song. Is it song. Back in Black? It is Back in Black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, yeah, that song starts off click, click, click eight times. And then it goes into the main group that we all know. That's wild to me, like, that they could get away with just, like, literally eight counts of nothing before the song yeah. starts. And it's like, yeah, Let's that's an up some iconic song of rock history. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yep, that is the opening track off ACDC's 1980 album, Back yeah. in Black. The first the first uh, album where they had Brian Johnson, hey. after Bon Scott, suddenly Away. Sadly, sadly passed away. <laughs> sadly passed away. Man, that was a good game. Uh, oh, I, I need to learn more things. That was fun. What I, know. I, I mean, that was a total lucky guess for me. <laughs> I, if I'm being totally honest, like yeah. I was like, maybe this could be it. I don't know. Like, yeah. and the part that made me pause so hard about it was just like, 
is that even the right year? <laughs> like, <laughs> was ACDC like a thing at that point? They were, uh, I think the 1930s. Yeah, uh, was yeah, ACDC. They put out their first record During in 1931. The Great yeah, when, we were just pioneering the when way alternative current and direct cars. current were invented back in the electricity uh, days. They were like, oh, let's, in, let's be a band, say, hey, Leo Fender actually got inspired to make the Stratocaster yeah. from them at yep. the Telecaster. I know the broadcaster, really, technically, if you want to, anyway. Even though, yeah, yeah, I was correcting you all in my mind just then. Even though she Angus Young played a Gibson there. SG. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah uh, Angus Young actually d- invented the Gibson SG yes. well before Gibson was even making electrics oh, or man. solid, but anyway. Yep. Uh, Great. Well, let's get back into our uh, vocal yeah, parts. Thing. That was that was awesome. What a time. Love it. All right. Yeah. Um, bravo. Yeah. Matt, do you want to kick us back off? Oh yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. So my next vocal pick. <laughs> <laughs> Just say yes in various different ways for twenty minutes. Yeah, neat. Okay. Yes. Wow. Sure. Okay. All right. Neat. You sure. Better. Oh boy. <laughs> wow. We thanks, Pop. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. So my next pick uh, is a Bonnie Vare song. Uh, Bonnie Vare is an artist that I got into probably around college, probably around the same time that most Bonnie Vare fans got into this band. Uh, Bonnie Vare is a band, is primarily one guy, Justin Vernon, mm-hmm. um, who composes 99% of the music and the song arrangements. And sadly, since the year 2008, I think, uh, they've only had three studio albums, which is kind of a bummer, but. You know, each album tends to be better than the last, in my opinion. And the song that I picked is uh, 715 Creeks off the latest album, 22 A Million. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't heard this song or this record, um, it's completely bizarre to me. Like the first time I heard this record, it was not at all what I expected. Uh, after hearing the first two Bonnie Vare records, which are very acoustic driven and, and very folky and mountainy, I guess is mm-hmm. what I would describe them as. Uh, this album was a complete departure from that for the most part. And this song in particular was just not at all what I expected. Um, 715 Creeks is all acapella and it's all just Justin Vernon singing into a microphone with a vocoder, uh, <laughs> which is, is, is very interesting. And honestly, this is the, the song that the first time I heard the song, this is, pretty much the song that made me actually believe in things like autotune and the use of electronic music. Um, up until then, and I mean, this is a very recent album that came out last year, but up until that point, I was not a believer in like electronic influences actually enhancing music. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. I, I yeah. never thought that like using something electronic could be better than using like acoustic means in the studio. Um, then I heard this album and this song in particular, and I just thought it was absolutely genius the way that, you know, he's able to, Justin Vernon is able to evoke such emotion using just a piano and, you know, like a little bit of electronic influence and his voice. Um, the lyrics in the song are pretty cryptic, as in all of his music. I mean, it's it's all very hard to understand, yeah. and, and I mean, you can analyze it for days. But the vocal parts in particular in the song are great because... He uses his vocoder and the chords that he plays along with his voice constantly change. It's a very like similar, I guess, main melody that is happening in the song. But as he as as the song progresses and the dynamics get more and more intense, you can just feel that raw emotion coming out of a purely electronic music. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so we'll play it and then we'll talk a little bit more about it. Love a 
Honey, understand that I have been left here in the reeds But all I'm trying to do is get my feet up from the creeds And I see you Turn around, you mate Turn around now, you mate yeah, man. I don't know. Just every time I hear that song, that that has to be the most powerful song on that record. And there's no instruments except for you know that that vocoder being yeah. used, and it's just it's genius. Like that chord progression is I, I don't know. It's something that I've never heard before, and mm-hmm. I may not know exactly what he's talking about, but just by the the I, I don't, the dynamics in his voice, yeah, like you you just it gets so I don't know, it chills down the spine every time yeah, you hear that. Like totally. And I know like there's a little bit of language in there, but like that that last little bit is just like, yeah, like turn around. Uh-huh. Yeah. No, Justin Vernon is one of those guys that just has such a powerfully emotive voice. Yeah. That doesn't always come across on his records, to be totally fair. Um <clears throat> to shed a little light on kind of what he's been doing in the meantime between the three Bony Bear records, um he had another project that put out two albums called Volcano Choir. Mm-hmm. That was him and another group that I can't remember the name of. That if you listen to the first Volcano Choir album, the newest Boney Vera album makes a lot more sense. Mm. It, it sounds a lot like that yeah. album uh, in that there's a lot more just kind of like weird electronic stuff and it's kind of all over the place and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Um, <clears throat> but his use of synth is, is much more prominent after that um and then he also did a random like r&b album oh yeah interesting. he yeah and, and it was it was under a completely different name and i didn't even hear about it until a long time uh but i and honestly i can't remember really remember the name of it but it was all like way more just r&b stuff like he's just playing guitar and like a way more traditional r&b kind of thing but that's he definitely yeah, had a lot of influence from r&b and and that's why he has such this like powerful emotive vocal style and um, that when you see him live it's just a complete like you'll hear songs that you've heard on his albums over and over and over and yeah. then he sings them and you're like oh yeah <laughs> this is so much more emotionally charged than i ever imagined it was actually going to be and it's just because the dude can just belt oh yeah, yeah he can absolutely wail yeah. and uh the i don't know if this is the band you're talking about but he's in a three-piece band that he does in between all of his many many projects uh the shouting matches yeah i think that's probably yeah it, where, and it's it's so stripped down just blues r&b mm-hmm. yeah. it, i mean it's it's literally carried by his voice yeah i mean it's just it's something that you would i mean like it's so minimalistic the drums are so far back and like mm-hmm. lo-fi and everything's so lo-fi but then his voice comes through and it's yeah. just it just excels it to the next level and yeah mm-hmm. yeah i think one of the th- reasons that this album wasn't as shocking to me or something when I heard it was a because before I listened to it somebody who told me it was like hey uh Bonivero's new album I was like oh awesome he's like yeah just so you know it's (laughs) It's it's really different (laughs) and so I was anticipating it being more different I think than it was but Mm. also because of actually this song Chad's going to talk about in a minute that was on his EP Mm -hmm. between Mm -hmm. for Emma for Emma forever and 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 Boney Bear the self-titled there's a song on there that just kind of set the stage for all that and I listened Mm -hmm. to that song so many times but um (laughs) but yeah with that song specifically as far as the vocal part goes it's yeah he's using his voice as the medium Mm -hmm. for uh for just cool stuff going on it's yeah yeah, because that's really all that's happening in the Mm -hmm. whole song it's just 
cool vocal it, stuff. It, like it, it, it sounds more complex than it is, but it really yeah. is a simple thing that he's doing there. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, and no it, and it sort secrets. of calls back, honestly, to like this tradition of just like human history. And I know I'm being really like existential right now, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm not trying to be like I, I don't. I don't really like pulling weird meaning out of artists <laughs> that don't intend for it to happen. But what he's doing here reminds me a lot of this like vocal tradition that like, humans have had for literally our entire history of the human voice just being emotive and telling a story sure. and conveying a meaning. And, and he really does that. Like, I mean, if you had something that you wanted to convey to somebody and the only way that you know how to is just to sing the song and you don't want to, rec- you don't want to take away from that by having other stuff. Just sing the freaking song, yeah. and he does that. Like I mean, like mm-hmm. yes, there's a vocoder. Yes, there's more like information happening. But man, he's just singing a song. Yeah, and yep. it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and it's it's surprising to me that nowadays any artist could pull something like that off. Just throw an acapella song into their album that's highly anticipated and yeah. you know chart topping and whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's there's something to be said about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, even then, it's not like. I guess on the flip side, he's he's never been a a radio kind of no. guy either. So sure. I think he always it, part of the reason why his Boney Bear album was chart topping or whatever was because it was different in a lot of ways. Mm. I mean, there were a lot of similarities to like Sufjan kind of stuff or whatever, mm. but still in a lot of his his own unique variety mm-hmm. of things. But yeah, no, you're but you're totally right. Just yeah, that is neat. Um, but yeah, no, this this cues and it, it was really funny because I actually picked this song totally independently of Matt about picking, picking the other too. song. Yeah. Uh, and, and honestly, I didn't even think about it until I was like scrolling through my iTunes. So I was like, holy crap. No, I have to pick this song because yeah. it's, it's just so it is a vocal part. Um, and this is another song by Bon Iver. I, I got really into Bon Iver in 2009. I saw him at Bonnaroo oh, nice. and it was not a packed stage Ooh, <laughs> and, and I'm not trying to be a hipster or anything, but like, I remember that concert, like standing in a crowd of people and it was like one of the smaller stages at Bonnaroo and it wasn't like packed. Yeah. I had plenty of room to just stand there and like watch this guy play. I had never heard of him before. And I was like, Bon Iver, like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, but much later, he would go on to do all these crazy things. And so I remember when the Blood Bank EP came out, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool, like new stuff from his. Like, I got super blown away by the wolves and just want more of this. And the very last song on that EP was a song called The Woods. Or just woods. Um, but it's a very simple song. Uh, it was the first time that I had ever heard autotune used in any sort of mo- like musical fashion. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I really do think that this is actually a use of autotune and not a vocoder. Right. Um, I agree. Because the way, if you listen to the vocal parts that are happening, especially later in Otherwise the song, they all change. Mu- yeah. Yeah. Right. Like the, vo- the, it's not looping. He's not. It's not the same thing every single time. It's almost like that, but it's not quite. Um, there's too many parts moving at the same time. Like he just tracked it a bunch of times, mm-hmm. and and it's like you you'll hear it, and it sounds like auto tune cranked up to a hundred percent, where he's just like forcing these notes into these positions. Like mm-hmm. the dude can hit these notes. Oh, for sure. Um, but it's it's just making them exact so it fits really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was the first time I'd ever heard something like this, and honestly, the first time I heard it, I was like man, I don't know, like, this is really weird, and it's just not 
what I think of when I think of Bon Iver. Mm. Now listening to it, I'm always blown away by it. And yeah. it, it gives me such powerful feelings of like the emotion that he's conveying because it's so simple. It's literally just four lines. I'm up in the woods. Uh, I'm down on my mind. I'm building a still to slow down the time. Yep. And that's all he says. It's He just repeats those four lines over and over and over and builds and builds and builds on it with more and more vocal parts every time. Like, I mean, the original vocal parts usually in there, but he just adds so much more like low parts and high parts. And he, and you'll hear in the later bit, just his emotional screams and stuff. And it's just amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, here it is. This is from the later end. Yeah, it's it's hard taking it out man. of context because yeah. like without it having built there, it right, just doesn't right. give the yeah, same. Kinda... You really need to listen to the whole song to to build up to that whole like context of everything. Because it just on. starts out completely <clears throat> like a lone voice. I'm up in the woods, just all by itself, yeah. and you're like, "What you doing over there?" <laughs> <laughs> and it builds up to all that stuff, yeah. you know. And it's just amazing. And it, and it's I think it's such a good example of somebody using their voice not just as a voice. But also kind of using it as an instrument. Like yeah. the and song has oh, yeah. no instruments. It's so textural and it's so rich and full and huge. And there's no instruments. It's just his voice. And now he's so rich and he's <laughs> so full after dinner. And yeah. he's so huge. Yeah. I mean, yeah, not physically, but Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, the other thing that I can really respect about Justin Vernon and, you know, this band as a whole is like, you know, we, we both saw him at the rhyme mm-hmm. kind of recently is, yeah. you know, there's those Jim moments where it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know I had to. <laughs> like there's those moments in the show where it's just so minimalistic and it's mm-hmm. just him with like, you know, the little teenage engineering synth yeah, yeah, yeah. or whatever. <laughs> and then like, it goes from that to like, he had two drummers with him mm-hmm. on this show yeah. and it's, and then those moments get so huge and explosive but it all still seems so contained. Yeah. Like, you know. No, he he does a very pretty that chaos thing that I was talking about earlier. He is probably my favorite example of somebody doing that because he his band is always so good at yeah. that controlled chaos. Like there will be a million things happening, and you just think like, what's happening? There's so many different things happening, and none of it seems connected. And then they'll hit a downbeat, and it's just like, holy mm-hmm. crap! They all knew where they were. Yeah. What is happening? Yeah. Like it's the most buckwild thing. Yeah. It's, it's almost bizarre. Just. How like, well it works. He he's kind of made a name for himself and going to see him can be sort of expensive at this point, but really yeah. it's worth going to see him. Absolutely. It, he he is one of the mm-hmm. like performers alive right now that I just think if nothing else watches NPR, it it's on YouTube. There's a whole performance of a lot of selections off the newer album and he's just incredible. Yeah. yeah. Or just like watch watch any any video of his on YouTube like uh there's a video of them of him with uh, a band called the staves i don't know if you guys have heard them it's their three-piece like folk outfits um all girls and they're absolutely uh, incredible singers but um he did a show with them at the australian op- opera house is mm-hmm. that is that what the building is yep. yeah mm-hmm. the sydney opera the house, sydney opera house yeah. yeah yeah and it's just in that venue just it, they, they all gather around one microphone and mm-hmm. just sing this acapella song it's absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful 
Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. The chaos thing you're talking about leads well into my next one. Um, the controlled chaos specifically. This yeah. is uh, the the band. Well, the project is called the Goat Rodeo Sessions. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's Yo-Yo Ma, Stuart Duncan, Edgar Meyer, and um, Chris Steely, who we talked about earlier. is in Punch Brothers and Nickel Creek and stuff. And so it's just one album that they have, which I wish there was a whole bunch more, but there's not. <laughs> and uh, the songs, it's, it's kind of like a quartet sort of deal um, where there's some songs. Yo-Yo Ma was obviously playing cello the whole time. Stuart Duncan playing bass right or is that i think that's Stuart duncan i forget if which one's edgar meyer and which one's Stuart duncan but then chris chris Steely and edgar meyer switch between a bunch of different instruments and this song is one of the only two songs that actually has vocals on it all the rest of them are just instrumental and are fantastic but this song's called here in heaven and it's uh, chris Steely singing on it and also um aofi something something <laughs> and she's i don't know she's got like a celtic kind of name or mm-hmm. something um and she's a great singer but the song is about like this weird space. It's uh, between here and heaven, um, between the weight and the weight. I I don't actually really remember the total context of the song, but I know in an interview they were talking about how it's a, supposed to be kind of this weird in between kind of a feeling place where it's like not quite right, but it's also you know hmm. pretty good kind of yeah. thing, yeah. something along those lines. And so thematically, they wanted the vocals to evoke the same kind of thing. So. Chris already had a melody line and then she came in and sang harmony, but all the harmonies are like these weird, it's more fourths and fifths than it is thirds and, and sixths, which, yeah. uh, which yeah. sound. Um, so as far as music goes, what, what that really means is most harmonies will be in thirds where uh, they'll just move up and down together. So it's like, and then the other part's like, where they just do like kind of the same thing, mm. but just follow each other. And this one. Do you want to do it real quick? What a wonderful world. <laughs> so, for example, yeah. So those kind of just followed each other. But what they're doing is more fourths and fifths, which just sound more open in a lot of ways, but don't follow each other at the same time in, in the context that they use it. So I'll, I'll go ahead and play it. But um, but that's kind of what to be listening for is if you're not paying attention, it could just sound like, oh, this is just a regular old harmony part. Um but there's just kind of some, uh, it's a little bit disjointed in, in some ways in the directions that they're going. So, but here we go. So yeah, that was Here and Heaven by Go Rody Session. So I don't know. I think it honestly, I picked this part, but it might have been better to show some of the other parts instead. But I think, I mean, it still showed it pretty well. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, in any case, yeah, that was. Yeah, no, it's, not, it's definitely got kind of like a Celtic or yeah sort of flair to it. I mean, a lot of Asian music too tends to fit in like fourths and fifths mm-hmm. and a lot of like pentatonic scale sort of stuff. So. I don't know. It just yeah, has a different tonality. Yeah. There's to something it. about that that harmony that's very old world to me. Mm-hmm. It's just no matter what kind of music it's in, it just makes me feel like it's back in time or yeah. for some or reason. Like, or like uh, like fantasy kind of stuff. Yeah, like if yeah, you, yeah, if you yeah have exactly. Like a Tolkien style fantasy sort totally. of stuff. They tend to have that sort of harmony. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And this, I mean, the song's really big at the end, but earlier on, it's very like and like. 
quiet and yeah um and it's just yeah it's really cool mm-hmm. i i don't have a ton to say about it honestly but i think it's just it's neat that it's not just standard harmonies yeah. and stuff which i mean standard harmonies sure. i honestly like if if there was four part harmony on every song I listen to, I'd be a happy really camper. Old. Like oh. I, I mean, it really shouldn't be there. Yeah. But like I would be like, yeah, cool, I love yeah. it. And there's some songs I, I showed a song Wooden Wire last week that um, the chorus has four I think part on it, and I like harmonizing to songs when I listen to them and like finding something else cool. But that song has four part already, yeah. and yeah. it's like hard to find something else neat. Find... <laughs> so I I was able to find at some point like sevens and nines mm-hmm. that like did fit in there. But I was, yeah. and so that's very rewarding now. But for a yeah. long time, I was like, everything I sing, someone else is already singing. <laughs> and I was, you know, kind of frustrating. But I mean, not really frustrating. Like it was a good problem to have. Well, yeah. sure, <laughs> it's just great the way it is. But yeah, yeah, so that's about all about that song. So sweet. Uh, who's next? I think uh, Matt. Hey! <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, the last example I brought uh, was kind of another folky one. Definitely another folky one. And uh, I, I don't know. I tried to I tried to bring forward a couple different varieties, and that just didn't end up happening. So, like, I, I guess when I really started to pay attention to vocals and songs was when I started getting into, like, older, older stuff, like 60s Motown music and like a lot of those female singers like Etta James or Etta Jones and those, any of the Ettas really. any of the Ettas really like <laughs> I, I'm solid with but that's really when I started strangely when I started to actually pay attention to vocals and like my favorite vocalist for a long time was Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin just because he sang like a woman and I don't know like something about like I guess the, the female vocal range just always gets to me and it's always just very very neat to hear soulful female singers uh, that's not my next pick. <laughs> uh, I, I really wanted to pick one of those. I just couldn't settle on anything. So I decided to go with Fleet Foxes. And uh, this song, I guess, kind of strays away from my other two picks just because it's it's definitely like a... Uh, it's a layered song. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's obviously brilliant and beautiful. Um, but it's... I guess I just picked it just because it's nice and layered and mm-hmm. it's it's still very simple, but it's still kind of got a... I guess call and response almost if you want to call it that. It's like a it's like a repetition almost like a row 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 your boat, you know, like everybody's doing something different in a different mm-hmm. part, but it all matches well in the end. And that's why I really like it. So, let's go ahead and play it unless you guys listen to it. I was following me, 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 I was following the pack, all swallowed in their coats, with scarves of red tied round their throats, to keep their little heads from falling in the snow. That just doesn't make you want to go out and like build a snowman out in the snow. Like I don't know what will. I don't know. That to me is one of the perfect winter songs. It's called White Winter Hymnal. Fleet Foxes is a great job. Mm-hmm. Uh, that oh, yeah. especially. Yeah. And I mean that for for again anyone listening that was um a once it got into the actual like kind of regular part of it that wasn't the intro that's more of an example kind of what like moving you know yeah. uh, in thirds or there's probably yeah, word yeah. moving it's parallel to each other in any yeah. case yeah. um you know is is like the, and they mm. do a great job of that where mm-hmm. it's like lots of parts 
Um, yeah. So like basically it starts out you know one voice and then the first harmony layers on top of that and then the second harmony on top of that and then once the actual verse gets going it's all of those harmonies working together to mm-hmm. sing the exact same parts with and, holy reverb Batman. yeah oh yeah it's just absolutely full of reverb yeah. and you know what say what you will about reverb i know a lot of people who have a serious problem with the overuse of reverb i love reverb so much well uh, yeah no reverb is great it, the only time i have the problem with it is when it makes it so that you can't hear something that's going on but mm. Yeah, Fleet Foxes has always been kind of known for having that super washy, just yeah. sort of sound to him. I'm really excited because me and my wife are going to see them tomorrow night. Oh, are you? Tomorrow at the Ryman. night. At the Ryman. Going to yep. see them at Ryman. Yep. They have a two-night show. I think tonight's mm-hmm. sold out. I'm pretty yep. sure tomorrow's sold out as well. But, yeah, they yeah. were they were pretty crazy. Um, yeah, so we're really excited about it. My wife really likes Fleet Foxes, and I yeah. like them just fine. We yeah. should get paid by Ryman to do ads for them. <laughs> yeah, oh, right. We have really advertised for a few shows. For Ryman, them. if you're <laughs> they listening. They are a great venue. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, my last one um, is a song by Manchester Orchestra called I've Got Friends. And it's really cool. Um, they do a lot of stuff vocally. They they kind of draw inspiration from a lot of like post-hardcore and that sort of thing. Like Andy Hull is very emotional just as a person and uh, a really great lyricist. But mostly what I wanted to highlight in the song is kind of the end of the song and the last little instrumental part of this is sort of an echo from a part that comes right before the last chorus of the song and they play a guitar part and it's like cool it's just kind of a bendy guitar part that the lead guy's playing and Andy Hole's just sort of like doing his thing and then for the last cor- the last like bit of it they do the chorus again Andy Hole makes a noise and then the vocal part mimics the guitar part and it's such a like screamable line hmm. and you already know it because it happened at a beginning uh, yeah. an earlier part of the song and so when you see them live it's just like oh yeah i already know this part i can just scream this with you and it's a lot of fun and it's super cool and it's Yeah. just a good time yeah yeah that's really cool something to be said about the uh the old chanting the <laughs> chanting the vocal part mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> always makes for a good live experience yeah and uh i mean what's gang vocals like they're yeah, always yeah, yeah. like kind of really hit or miss i feel mm-hmm. like bands that overuse them i'm like come on guys that's uh, a day to remember for example yeah like it's fun on some spots but when it's like all over every single song i'm like come on guys do something better than that i guess i don't know no i get that but like this song really builds to that and it works really well in that context yeah and then it just feels less like it's a gang vocal part and more just like everybody's doing it yeah <laughs> there's a subtle difference but it's there do you guys ever think that that's kind of cheating when a band does that <laughs> like when they make the most memorable part of the song just ooze and ahs and chants like to, hmm. to make it like a, a crowd pleaser to where the crowd can just be like ah i'm singing with you i don't know like i think some bands do it very well and, yeah. some ban- and other bands are just using it as a moment it's like oh, i can't think of anything to write i guess here. it depends how often y- you do it because yeah. i mean 
Yeah, that's a great question. I've never really thought about that, but I feel like if you do it all the time, then obviously it's like, this is the part of the song where everybody sings along. Like, right, right, right. I mean, to an extent, like, I understand why you would think that that was cheating, but at the same time, there's some bands that will only do that in like one song, and it ends up being like yeah. the biggest song, yeah. uh, at least in a live setting. And the example that I'll use for this is Arcade Fire's <laughs> Wake Up. Wake up. Yeah. Because, like, Jesus, dude, like, when they play live, that yeah. is always a closer, and yeah, there's a sure. reason. And, like, mm-hmm. having a stadium full of people screaming that part is pretty cool. Yep. Yeah. I gotta say, yeah. Yeah, or Emery's song neat. Walls that just starts out with, Are you listening? When everybody's just like, <laughs> yeah. just gets into it right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something for that. Uh, yeah, my last one is uh, this song's gonna come up at some point again, I'm sure, in a different context, but uh, it's Homesick by Kings of Convenience. I don't know if you guys listen to them at all. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, they're great. So it's uh, it's two guys from Norway. It's Erlandoy and some other guy. <laughs> I don't know the other guy's name. And Dorlinair. Is it? Okay. No, I, oh, I, no <laughs> no, I just I just, just realized what you did there. Norse syllables yeah. together. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, their their music it's all great and fun and stuff. Uh, this song is my favorite song by far of theirs, though, and. Um, the lyrics are really good, and so I'm going to bring it back up whenever we talk about lyrics towards the end. But uh, in this song, what I really like about it is it's it's talking about looking for uh, trying to find this record, um, or, or not a specific one, but like um, on the chance that on whatever long story short they're talking about something kind of along the lines of like simon garfunkel where it's like they mention uh two singers whose voices are like perfectly intertwined and and that kind of thing and they're doing it at the same time Uh, um Hmm. and so yeah pretty much and it's it's really i honestly don't know some of the parts it's really obvious what's the melody and what's the harmony and then i think either they swap or it's just subjective what's the melody and what's the harmony but it's just perfectly like works together Mm -hmm. um but it's it's different from Chad what you were talking about earlier as far as singing two different parts that go together. It's like you know actually just harmonies of each other singing the exact same thing, but mo- they're moving independently a little bit too. So I'll go ahead and okay. play, it and then we'll talk about it afterwards. Uh, but yeah, it's really neat. I lose some sales and my boss won't be happy, but I can't stop listening to the sound of two soft voices. Blended in perfection From the reels of this record that I found So yeah, I think they are talking about Simon Garfield. I don't really know, to be honest. Um, and I, I'll talk more about the lyrics that it, whenever we talk about that. And uh, to be fair, to, it does sound like a Simon Garfield. Yeah, 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 for like, sure. Uh, um, which I don't really listen to Simon. I've barely listened to them at all. So I, I've heard people say that, but I don't really know from experience. But yeah. the the thing with that one is like it's not the the higher melody is always the melody line mm-hmm. because at one point it seems to swap to where it's the two soft voices is that's the harmony now and mm-hmm. the guy who's singing at the bottom is now. And so it's, I don't know, it's swapping around to where if you really think about it, like you know which one's the melody and the harmony, but not thinking about it at all, it just sounds like two voices like perfectly intertwined, yeah. just doing yeah. their thing. Well, at that point, what is a melody? Right. What is a harmony? <laughs> right, right. Can either one be either one or right. can they both be the melody? I think yeah. so. Time. I think if you if you took either one of those voices away and just left the other one, uh, they both sound like a melody. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, I mean, there's not a whole lot to say about this. There's a lot mm-hmm. of other songs that 
do similar kinds of things, but I just mm-hmm. really enjoy the way that this one does it. Specifically. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just so beautiful. Um, and the vocal part. So it's not a specific vocal part, like some of the other ones we talked about, where it's like this section right here is neat. It's just the whole song, sure. but the way that they do it compared to a lot of their other songs, which are more standard as far mm-hmm. as kind of harmony and melody and stuff. Yeah. Go. Um, this is a very yeah. sad band. Uh, if, you, <laughs> if you're thinking about getting into these guys and you like Simon Except and Garfunkel, for I'd you'll rather like dance. Yeah. That's the only song that's like, I'd rather dance with you than talk with you. And it's, it's like upbeat and fun. Yeah. You're like, where's this coming from? Like what's, what's everything else? Yeah. I was trying to be sad and you're being happy. Pretty much. All right, and so that's what we think on cool vocal parts and harmonies and stuff. Uh, but we want to hear from you guys. So email us at joyceclectic at gmail.com and tell us what we got right, what we got wrong, and uh, what you think about it and all that stuff. So yeah, just let us know, you know, your thoughts on vocal parts and harmonies. Uh, as far as next week, we're going to do, you know, cool bits again and talk about all of that. But we're going to leave it up to you guys to decide what we're going to talk about. So yeah. we would love as much... Uh, community interaction is as feasibly possible. So you can tweet us at Joyce Eclectic or email us at, uh, at Joyce Eclectic at gmail.com and let us know. Yeah. I don't know what, what you think. Please say unnecessary holidays. Please make that a topic. <laughs> Do you have holidays. ideas for this? That, yeah. You know? Like I'm pretty sure like last week was national pizza party day. Man, like, if you really try every day is a holiday for that, some, something and yep. that drives me bonkers. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I can't believe you didn't have a donut on da- National Donut Day and I'm like, well, yeah, because it's just a normal free. It's a Tuesday. What you do didn't you have? What, what do you, do you want from me? Like, you didn't I throw don't... away carrots on National Throw Away a Carrot Day? It's not like a national. <laughs> like I just I'm just living my life. Uh, <laughs> national Throw Away a Carrot Day is for me like once every two weeks. <laughs> you bought a thing of carrots. Thing of carrots. We, we used three, three of them. them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to do with any more of them. Yo, man. You have to keep them until the actual holiday, <laughs> or until they turn into dust yep. in your fridge. Which which is actually more of like a goopy, liquidy mess. Less like dust. <laughs> okay. But yeah, let, us know. <laughs> let us know what your thoughts are that we should talk about because we would love to do that. And uh, yeah, as, I mean, as much as possible, we want as much uh, just community feedback and interaction as we can possibly get. Um, and if you have any music to remote to or just projects in general, email yeah. us at you know any of those places or contact us. And we'd love to stick you in that middle segment where we talk about something going on in our community. So we want to do that. And then the last thing is just to find us on social media in general, whether you have anything to submit or not. Um, find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. We're pretty active on some of those. <laughs> and um, Good luck finding out which. <laughs> you'll have to subscribe to all to find out. Um, so uh, doing that, but then also if you can, if anybody can, uh, listening can just leave a quick rating and review on iTunes or whatever, wherever it is you listen to this podcast, that's super, super helpful uh, for us. So, and then lastly, uh, just sharing it with people um, is really the key to getting this thing out there and whatnot sharing it with your mouth not your cell phone (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) either or i mean even that i'd be happy yeah Yeah, that works too to be fair i'll take either one (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that that would just be really awesome but uh but largely we just want to hear from you guys and talk to you because we talk with the three of us and that's lots of fun but (laughs) more words uh is even better so that and that's about it um in the meantime be joyous be eclectic see you soon